for what you have done for us, God. We be seated. Well, it's great to see everyone here this morning. We're, we're so glad you've come to worship with us here at Faith Bible Church. Exposition of the book of Philippians, and we'll pick that back up next time. But I want to bring a special kind of a one-time. You know, I, I enjoy uh, studying Bible prophecy, eschatology Bible prophecies, because I love the Bible. I'm about 28 pretty. And probably another reason I love it is Bible prophecy, unlike anything else, has helped me put the Bible of it. And so I began to study Bible prophecy, and it really, see, and I also love the hope that it gives me today that has a lot of people thinking about prophecy. And, and they, this world we live in is getting near closing time. A lot of people sense that even unbelievers, they don't even know the Bible. They use storms and ISIS and terrorism and all these things. And people everywhere seem to have a growing influence or as easy to read as other signs. Uh, someone sent me something a while back about some signs, please leave your values at the front desk. Um, an advertisement by a Hong Kong dentist that says, teeth at uh, airline ticket office, says we take your bags and send them in all directions. And uh, they certainly do. Asked all the water served here. Probably a couple ways to take that, I guess, maybe. Others, right? And some are very easy to read and pretty straightforward. You see some very clear, I think, discernible signs of the time, incredible sign of the time. In fact, most other Bible prophecies super sign of the end times because Israel has to be in their Middle East. Uh, the world is focused and the attention of the world is riveted on the Middle East. It's become a focal point of the world. And, of course, the Bible tells us that's the staging ground for many events of and, uh, false teaching and departure from the truth, both in doctrine and in uh, you know, if the Antichrist, as the, I believe the Bible predicts, is going to come rule over uh, one for the world to be rulable, right? For it to be able to be really setting the stage for that. Uh, but so there's all kinds of signs around us that the coming of Christ approaches. And I think we all would, would probably understand that there has to be a buildup. Now, certainly when the end times arrive, God can arrange some things very quickly, but there's going to have to be a buildup and a setting of the stage, signs of the times. And uh, one of the key signs, I believe, of, the, of in Ezekiel 38 and 39, the rise of Russia to a place of regional... And that's going to be our focus here this morning. And this message is based on a book I've written. See, and uh, the biblical entry point for any discussion of Russia and end-time prophecy is, and we won't be able to go through all of these two chapters, obviously, this morning, but I'll reference some different passages. Is it's important that we look at current events through the Bible and that we don't look at the Bible world and then go try to find something in the Bible that fits that. Look out and say, well, are there things in our world today, Bible to what's happening in current events, not the other way around? Let me read Ezekiel 38, 1 to 8 as we get started here. 38 verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face toward Gog of the land of Magog. Thus says the Lord God. Now I want to just stop to God. Eight more times you have declares the Lord God. So 15 times. I want to just pass over that lightly. This is uh, the word of God. I will turn you about and put hooks into your jaws. And I will bring you out and all your army them wielding swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Garma from the remote parts of the north with all its troops, companies that are assembled about you, and be a guard for them. After many dead on the sword, whose inhabitants have been gathered from many nations to the mountains of Israel, which had cured all of them. Well, so reads God's inspired and shooting down into the book of Ezekiel. And so I want us to Ezekiel was carried away in the second wave of Babylonian DP. So he's in Babylon, and he's writing the first 24 chapters of his book are judgment of the Assyrians. He's writing those two southern tribes about judgment that will come upon them. 
And then in chapters 25 to 30, there are enemies, the, the enemies right around Israel, but they were going to be judged by God. But the turning point of its news that the city of Jerusalem has been destroyed, the city of Jerusalem, the rest of the book, he has a message not anymore of retribution against Judah, but of reg- they don't need any more judgment heaped on them. From that point on, God begins to give them a beautiful hope in those difficult times they're facing. Now, Ezekiel 37, obviously that's the end times. It's pictured as a, a valley of dry bones. It's that old prophecy, and the bones begin to come together at the duration of the Jewish people to their land in the end times. And, we be- and again, this is the super sign of the end times. The Jewish people were scattered after. It's called the miracle on the Mediterranean. In 1948, when, when Israel became a modern, the Jews worldwide lived there. And, you know, the time somebody tries to wipe out the Jews, they always end up with a holiday. Remember, Pharaoh tried to do it, and they got Passover. Uh, remember, Haman tried to the intertestamental period, and they got Hanukkah, or the Feast of Lights, in Europe. And the Jews ended up with May the 14th, 1948, which is the rebirth of the moderns. Never forsake them, will never forsake his promises to them. So they're being regathered, and 39 tells us that Russia and a group of Islamic nations are going to attack Israel in the end. The allies, the Russian attack, and the Russian were back in 1984 at the kind of the height of the Soviet Union for its opening line, there's a bear in the woods. And this ad features, there's a bear in the woods. For some people, the bear is easy to see. Others say it's vicious and dangerous. Some people say the bear is the bear, if there is a bear. And then a man, a picture of Ronald Reagan and the tagline, President Reagan prepared for peace. And the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, no longer dominant. Well, fast forward now about 30 years, and no Russia has come roaring out of hibernation into the headlines, uh, the bear is back. um, Russia is everywhere in the news. Heard a commentator the other day said, it's Russia, Russia, Russia. You know, everywhere, uh, largest stockpile of nuclear weapons uh, in the world. Now, the most dangerous kind of bear, pointed out, um, it's, it's a mother bear that's been robbed of her cubs. The Russian Republic, or the Russian Federation, has suffered great humiliation. And they want more than anything else. I don't know if some of you saw that movie, The Revenant in that movie that's probably the most barbaric savage scene I've ever seen in a movie I've ever watched where they had him. I mean, it's a, it's a mauling that's just brutal and just unrelenting. It's hard. And to me, that's a picture of, of Russia today if you establish the empire. Uh, Putin wants to destroy Europe, divide Crimea, uh, eastern Ukraine. Uh, they're in Syria of Bashar al-Assad. Uh, they've got all kinds of tiber, cyber terrorism going on. Uh, they've been meddling of what actually happened here. Uh, but what we see today, said, the greatest geopolitical disaster of the 20th century was the collapse of the Soviet Union. That shows you 500 years ago, the prophet Ezekiel predicted the rise of Russia's future that's described in detail in Ezekiel's prophecy. In this prophecy or anywhere else in the Bible, but I and many others believe that Russia figures prominently in this We'll talk about the rest of these names in a minute. There's 10 proper names here in Ezekiel 38.1. Now, some of your translations may have the word chief there. They may not have the word Rosh, the proper name. Because the word Rosh means head or chief. And that it's a proper name uh, referring to all the way back in 1846 said that Rosh here is Russia. Now, 
but he, he saw it from Scripture and from the usage of that word. So people back in Ezekiel's day, known as the Rosh or, or the Ross or the identifying them and saying the people that uh, will live there in the end times will be these people who come. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, you find it in, in chapter 2, it talks about these armies, at least part of them. Straight line from Israel north, you're going to go to Russia and you're going to continue to be in the remote parts of the north is another indication that it's Russia that's involved as well because Magog was the ancient Scythians who inhabited a lot of the area along Magog, Arosh, and Magog. Ru Russia, I believe, is mentioned here. in the And it's happening right on cue just as the Bible predicts divine providence. Now, the Bible says when Russia rises in the end, end times, though, in the end of days, in verses uh, 1 through 6 of Ezekiel 38, we have one with Israel in the end times. Now, a couple things about this alliance. I want to look at the commander and the land of Magog. So Gog here is a person. Uh, the rest of the names here are geographical locations. Or actually, in ancient Sumerian, there's a similar word that means darkness. So this exalted in their mind and lifted up. And the idea here is they'll live in darkness. Now, I don't think Gog here is the final Antichrist. I take them to be two different people. I think the Antichrist will lead a, a western confederate north and leads this northern eastern uh, coalition. They're called Yajuj and Majuj. What's well, the story here? And rather than Israel being invaded, it's Islamic nations that are being invaded. And it's them being delivered by the Lord, not the Jewish people being delivered. So copying from here, because Ezekiel writes this in 5-7, but just turning it on its head. Now, certainly he could be if these events are fulfilled in the natural person in the world four years in a row. Then Putin's worth about $200 billion. Now, I just make $119,000 a year. The guy's probably worth 200 billion of the people there, so he is vastly powerful. He could be Gog, Putin is Gog, pan out in the not-too-distant future, but if you like, and he's paving the way for that. But there's this commander that's going to rise out of the land through this kind of quickly. You can go ahead and put that slide up there. On. Let me just give you a quick rebelly of the old Soviet Union. Uh, are all in modern day, but uh, I don't think Gomer is East Germany. Uh, Gomer is uh, the ancient Sumeria. What's going on in Turkey today that would fit in with this prophecy? Well, their president powers in the country. Not to think he actually planned the coup himself so he could overcome it and then take that and use that as a, a crisis to get more power. I'll read these to you. I don't have time this morning, but he's made some incendiary, inflammatory stuff out. I mean, so he's He's gone away from any idea, basically, to Islamic roots. Uh, they just purchased a bunch of missiles from Russia. So they, uh, that was the nation just to the west of ancient Egypt, uh, which is modern-day Libya. Chaos. And it's so tragic today and sad. All these refugees going across the, the Mediterranean, trying to splintered like that. Countries like Russia are coming in and trying to pop, prop up strong men that they believe can, can dominate that country on their behalf as a proxy. standard says Ethiopia, but the Hebrew word actually is Kush. That was a nation just to the south of Egypt, northern Sudan, and northern Sudan is a radical, which is modern-day Iran. In fact, the name was just uh, changed in 1935 from... Uh, again, uh, Joel Rosenberg, I like to read his stuff. He says that uh, he describes the Mullah regime in Iran as an apocalyptic Janian people. Iranian people are under the thumb of all of this, and, uh, but it's, it's, the, it's the Mullah. They have this idea that the, the 12th Imam, the bloodshed and chaos, and that they need to put out the welcome mat for the Mahdi. Now, that's not the kind of people you want to have their hands on nuclear weapons, right? 
Russia and Turkey, and Russia and Iran right now have troops God's regime, and so Russia and Iran have troops there right on, or from Russia, through, uh, from, from uh, Iran, through Iran, nations are listed here, and again, you can put the map up there now if you want, and um, you can see it's predicted 2,600 years ago by the prophet Ezekiel, and they're, and they're developing ties with one another. Now, you'll notice that these are kind of the far area. Um, and uh, Lebanon and Egypt, a ring of enemies, but it includes the ones inside of the ring. And then he says, and many peoples with you. It's kind of like, there's going to be more. I'm just kind of giving you the outside. All of these nations, I believe, that surround them. And it's described for us, this Russian attack. I mean, after he catalogs all these, these nations, when we see the bear in Bible prophecy, the Russian bear, we see that Russia's footprints lead straight to the land of Israel times. Well, one is in verse uh, 12, to turn their hand against the waste place and acquired cattle and goods who live at the navel, literally it's the navel of the world, spoil. So, well, what kind of spoil are they going to come to capture? We don't know for sure the last few years. Uh, remember Golda Meir, one of the former prime ministers, people 40 years in the wilderness with Moses and brought him to the only place that they found and others that are, that are massive reserves and Again, we don't know, but uh, that Israel. Look at verse 9. You will go up you, and many peoples with you. So they're going to come to steal the land of the Jews in there, about the size of New Jersey, with 6 million Jews living there, surrounded by, again, how these nations will come to steal the land, the hooks and the jaws. Down in verse 4 of Ezekiel 38, it says, I will turn you about. It's going to take Russia and put hooks in the jaws, kind of like a crocodile is the picture here, and draw them into this. So these future events, there can be a lot of twists and turns. But it could be that with them, that as these nations want to go in and attack Israel and destroy Israel, that that will draw. Well, when's this invasion going to happen? When's this attack going to occur? People, scholars out there, and I've, I've talked to a lot of them before. They, they'll write me and, and tell me about their beast. Because it mentions horses and swords and shields and all that and riding horses. So this has to be something that's already occurred. You say, well, how do 570 B.C.? And he's writing to them in a way that they can understand. Just like the nations he lists, in the same way he mentions ancient weaponry, but we would look for the modern count, including uh, Dr. John Walvard, the great Bible teacher, great prophecy teacher. He would be reverting back to these kind of weapons. It's how bad weapons, World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. That could be true, and that could be past. So how do you know that? Well, in chapter uh, 38 and verse 8, past days. This is in the latter years and the last days of these two chapters has ever happened in Israel's past. So if you're going to take this with any degree of literalness, you say, well, when's it going to happen in the future? Well, it's, it's placed at all different kind of points in time very soon. In fact, if you read the Left Behind books, the, even before the rapture, other people will say, no way at the end of the tribulation, it's the same thing as the battle ocean period. If you'll put that next slide up there, this is my last one I've got. Uh, from uh, Tommy Ice and Tim LaHaye's book, uh, charting me out here this morning. But you can see here where we are. We're, today we're in his church, bringing Jews and Gentiles together in the body of Christ. One of these days, the next event, I'm going to come for his bride. And after that, there will be a time that I've in your tribulation starts. Remember the event that starts the seven-year tribulation. It's when the Antichrist happened today, 
and that peace treaty may not be signed for a week or three weeks or a month or to happen, but the Antichrist will come, Daniel 9, 27, and make a seven-year treaty with Israel. And I, because there's three conditions, land, that one's in place, right? They have to be rich. It says they're going to be rich and prost, living securely. I don't think that's true to me. And I would hardly say they're a nation that's at rest or are living secure peace. It's during that first three and a half years, somewhere in there, that this invasion will take place. You think about this, if the battle of Gog and Magog happened to rule the world, according to, to passages like Revelation 13. And to me, it makes sense if Gog and Magog, that would pave the way and would create a great power vacuum then for the Antichrist. of this, in my, my view, this whole passage climax is going to look like the biggest mismatch in military history. All of these armies around Israel destroy them. Look at uh, chapter uh, 38 and verse uh, 18. And it will come about you will mount up in my anger and in my zeal and my blazing wrath. I declare on that day there'll be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. For against him on all my mountains, declares the Lord God. Israel became part of Israel. So that's another interesting uh, idea here that this is the mountains of Israel. Death by friendly fire in military history. Be all kinds of end of judgment with him. And he goes on to talk about torrential rain with hails and annihilate them in the land of Israel. I mean, this is going to be like an Old Testament judgment that's going to take place. The extent that the birds and the beasts are going to come feed on the bodies. It's going to take seven. It's just a, a grisly scene here of what's going to happen. It affect our thinking. Well, one thing is it ought to help us to understand the times in which we live. These evidence. They're part of God ordering events for what He wants to do. And I've done this in my life in an incredible way just this week. Is we, the Bible is true. 2,500 years ago of today's headlines, the who's who of Israel's enemies. And this prophecy in Ezekiel 38 and 39 will be fulfilled in prophecies in the Bible. 500 of them have been fulfilled, and there are 500 yet to be fulfilled. I mean, the Bible has a staggering track record of ones that are yet to be fulfilled. And here's the thing to me that I want to emphasize, the Word of God, and that it will be fulfilled. Because we can see right now with our own eyes Ezekiel 37 being fulfilled. Think about that. Ezekiel eyes. If that is being literally fulfilled, we have every reason to believe that 38 and 39, this passage, and um, it's something important for all of us to grasp, is we see the sovereignty of God. God controls under and God's schedule. And nations, as they fall, fall on God's schedule. God and powers of when they rise and when they fall. And the nations that are rising now are rising to play their place. But he said, since the whole world is in God's hands, your world is in God's hands. The world is in God's hands as well. And that hopefully will be a soft pillow for some of us made as much as the whole world is. Another thing, as we scan the horizon today, we see that for somebody to come and solve the Middle East peace crisis over there, to bring some kind of and the desire uh, to attack Israel. And they're forming alliances with one another. And you've got Russia and Iran. With, and look, from all of this, we see that God is on the throne. The Bible is true. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, that's the most important business to get settled this morning. Do no sin, to be sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. In the book of Romans, it says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. No, I need Christ as my Savior. Call upon the name of the Lord and He will save you.
And for those of us who know the Lord, we need to live in light of these things. A.W. Tozer is a great thing. It is the season of the blessed hope. Today, point to this being the season of the blessed hope. All around us, we have the evidence, our focus on the blessed hope. Now, listen to this. This is A.W. Tozer saying this, our Christian life. Now, I'd say, how many Christians to believe that Christ is coming, that he could come at any prophecy was given not to entertain us, but to change us. It wasn't given to, he said, freaks people out and scares them. God didn't give us his stuff to scare us, but to prepare us so we can underwear. And he didn't give us all of these great truths of Bible prophecy just to change the way we live. Because if you really live with the blessed hope in your mind, and you really live with the thought that Jesus' prophecy is to do for us. So I pray this morning that this message will <clears throat> help us understand us, and it will spur us on to godly living, and that each one of us here will live love. Father, we come before you, and we, we thank you for that beautiful script to which we do well to take heed, like a, a light shining in a dark place, till the day dawn, word of prophecy. And we thank you that we... Father, I pray for this message this morning, but we'll be focused on our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one that, oh, Father, help us to live looking.